Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family. And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family. And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least. But at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family. So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever, and it starts right here with your family. Welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. Thank you for listening. We're so glad that you're here. Um, I had this idea, I think it's when we were moving into this house. We had put all of our stuff in storage when we moved to Hawaii. So everything had been in storage for a year. And then we were pulling it out and we're just coming across old treasures that we had that we had forgotten about over the, you know, the past year. Um, and one thing that we came across was I have saved this stack of business cards of Chris's. And I like at this <laughs> time of recording, I can't find them. I don't know what I did with them. But my thought was to always like have this stack and put them in a cool frame and display them on the wall because it's actually really comical how many business cards Chris has. Like if I could pick a number, again, I wish I had them, maybe like 20 plus business cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and, and those business cards are, are all legitimate, like money-making ventures that he participated in over the last 17 years of our marriage. And we'll get into more of it. But the whole purpose of this episode is I thought it would be super interesting to talk about how where you end up might not be where you start, but how important it is to just get started and how one thing leads to another, which leads to another. And you everything ends up where it, where it's supposed to supposed to end up. But I think sometimes we just think like, oh, I want to do this big thing, but it seems hard to get started. Yeah. And if I could share, I guess having a guy that started lots of things and done lots of things is you've got to get started and you got to start. It's, it's that, it's that simple and it's that hard. And I rarely come across someone who doesn't have something they want to start and they haven't started Mm -hmm. like all the time, whether it's a business that they've wanted to start and haven't started it, whether it's um, an adventure that they wanted to start as a family and haven't started it or whether it's their health that they've wanted to start and haven't started it. Like there's so many things that you actually want to do. It's, it'd be different if it's things you don't want to do and you haven't started it yet. That, I mean, it probably is called procrastination. You know, we procrastinate sometimes. I think things we don't want to do, but no, these are things you want to do. These are things you want to go after and you haven't started it and you're not starting. Yeah. That's an important distinction. Yeah. Good point. And what's interesting is I think sometimes we almost fight more for the things we don't want than the things we do because starting is confronting. Like starting has the carries with it, the possibility of it ending and not the way you want it to like starting. You're not the critic standing on the sidelines, like judging the players on the field. Like you're, you're, you're putting your, you're getting out on the field. And it's probably going to be really messy. Yeah. And it might, you might fail. And what's interesting is I just find so many people, myself included at times, where you'll fight more for what you don't want than what you do. 
Meaning you have a life that you don't really love. You have a business or your career that you don't really love. You have a family situation you don't really love. But sometimes we'll fight more for that than the pain or the, the discomfort or the risk of what we actually want. And I think the there's a few things that really trip us up from starting. The biggest one that comes to mind for me now that I see all the time is, is well, I don't know how I would do it. The how. The how is so tough for people to confront. And the how in my opinion, has killed more ideas and more dreams and more desires than maybe anything. Cause like, I really want to go do this. And then, and, and that's like the magical part of you. That's the part mm-hmm. of like the inspiration, like the magic, the, the dreams. dreams. Yeah. And then instantly the logical, rational part of you kicks in and goes, but how would you do it? And then you go, well, I don't, I don't know how I'd do it. So then I can't do it. And then you get into this vicious cycle of like almost drive yourself crazy because you you constantly sit around and think about how badly you want to do it. But then you think about how you don't know how to do it. So you're not going to do it. But then you just think, but I want to do it. (laughs) And that like, that just never ends. And then it becomes part of your identity is I never, whatever, whatever it turns into, I don't take action or I don't start things or I don't finish things or whatever it is. And it might, might even like talking about identity, it might even go from like, I don't know how to do it. Then you start thinking, well, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. or I'll, I'll never do it. And I just, a lot of people said this before me, but I want you to know the how never matters. Never has mattered, never will matter. And it doesn't matter right now. How often, so Chris used to do um, workshops for entrepreneurs, small, small business owners. I remember you always used to come home and talk about this. Like how many of your clients have you, told this to, would you say? 100% of them. So all of my clients, I've said like the how never matters. And what I mean by that is, let's say that you've always had this dream to start a business where you sell things online. Could be something you make, could be something that you just believe in, but you've always had this dream to sell things online. And you and you realize like, I don't know how to sell anything online. I don't know anything about e-commerce. I don't know anything about sourcing or shipping or fulfillment. So therefore you say, so I, I can't do it. And the reality is like, if you would just start, the how would work all of itself out anyways. Like there's something way bigger going on at play, like whether you believe in God or the universe or whatever it is, but until you're committed, none of those things can start to work on your behalf. And even if you think you know how it's going to work, I can promise you, you don't. Because once you get started, you're like, oh, I would have never foreseen that or I would have never foreseen that. So like the like we put way too much energy and way too much focus in, can I do it and how would I do it? None of that matters. The only thing that matters is like, do I want to do it? And am I committed to starting? Because if you start, you'll figure out how. If you're committed, like I've never seen a committed person that started something and didn't figure out how to do it. And there's probably a million different ways to figure out how to do it. Like if you have this end goal, it doesn't have to, there's no like right decision or right choices to get you from A to B. There's like a million different things that could happen to get you to your end goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to foresee all of them anyways. Totally. And sometimes though, it's almost easier to think about all the things that have to be done. Could I do it? And you feel like you're doing something, but it's just kind of this false sense of security. You're just avoiding what doing what really needs to be done, which is starting. And there's this YouTube video. I'm trying to think, I think his name's, I, I can't, I don't know the, the pronounce EA Prince. I think he's a motivational. I'm going to look it up real quick. 
but he talks about this um this concept i think of like the the richest place in the world um is the graveyard oh yeah remember that video that i showed you before Mm -hmm. and his theory behind the wealthiest place on earth is the cemetery hold on let me see if i can find his in particular and i also know that like you had a lot of i think hesitancy around starting like with real estate something you knew you wanted to do talk about that like Again, it wasn't wasn't a secret to you. You knew you were fascinated with real estate. You knew you wanted to. Yeah, I just feel like, yeah, it was something that was super fascinating to me. And that one felt super overwhelming because real estate is arguably the biggest purchase that you'll make in a lifetime is your house. So the thought that we were going to make a purchase on not even our own personal residence, but on some random piece of real estate it's not just like oh this is a mistake that's like you can't just make mistakes on big purchases like that so yeah it's definitely daunting I guess but I think for me it was a matter of okay let's find someone who does know what they're talking about let's learn from them and then realizing I realized from her I did an episode she was a podcast guest um last spring Deb Cleveland she just told me like, oh yeah, even now she's like in her sixties, even now I still get nervous. Like after I close a deal, just realizing that it's okay to like, you've done all your research and homework, like nerves still come up, like things come up that you still can't foresee and you just work, work through them. Yeah. And I love that. That reminds me when someone's telling you like, I want to do something. It's like, what are you waiting for? And they might say, well, I'm, I'm waiting to know how to do it. It's like, well, go find someone that knows how to do it. I'm waiting to not be uh, afraid anymore. Well, yeah, you'll, that may never be the case. So just do it anyways. Do it scared. <laughs> I'm waiting for the right time. Well, the right time is now. Like, you know, it's like when you start looking at like, what are we waiting for to start these things we want to start? I'm, I'm waiting to know like if it would really work or if it would all work out. It's like, well, you may never know if it would really work or it all work out like you, until you start. And my real estate had big, I had some big, um, there were some mistakes that happened. <laughs> like, like I finished I this my favorite project actually. It's this four unit in downtown Gilbert, and I had we just it took way longer to renovate than I wanted it to. I felt like we were already losing money, and then I had my first tenant move in, and like a week later, I got a call. We had just moved to Hawaii at this point. I got a call from my property manager that there was a problem with the plumbing. And come to find out, it wasn't just like a little problem with the plumbing. It was like the entire plumbing in the entire place needed to be redone. Because we, I hadn't, I should have sent, like knowing now, like I should have had a plumber come over, send a camera down into the pipes and see the integrity of the pipes. Because the, the, the pipes in the house were fine, but it was old cast iron that was between the house and the road. That's what failed. And that all had to be redone. But... <laughs> I guess my point in saying this is that you just have to figure it out. Yeah. But, but now I have this like great lesson in this other little house that I just bought. I'm like, okay, I need to know how, what is the plumbing like in this house? Yeah. And, and you could look at that and say, oh, I shouldn't have started because there's now this <laughs> being a $30,000, you know, you could say mistake, but it really wasn't because we'd have probably still moved forward with it and just, it wouldn't have been as Which would have, it was painful because yeah. Melissa had just remodeled it. Beautiful brand new kitchen, new tile, new everything. Then the problem and to see them have to jackhammer through all of this beautiful work and this brand new floor. It's just painful. And, then redo it. Yeah. and it was it's still a great investment. Mm-hmm. It's still totally worth it. 
and you learn that lesson for what, like, like you said, like you now are aware of that for your next. So I think sometimes we also think, well, if it fails, then it means I shouldn't have started. Or if it, or if it's really, really difficult, it's like, no, you still absolutely should have started. You'll learn more from the failure and more from the problems. It's like, there's never, there's really never a good reason not to start. If there's, if it's something you really want to do now, yes, timing can matter. And I get circumstances and things like that, but I find that sometimes we use those way too much as a crutch and an excuse. Like I've had so many friends over the years be like, man, I really want to start a business, but I just, I'm waiting for the right time. I'm like, well, when is, th-? and they'll give me all these scenarios and then I'll kind of push back and be like, yeah, I guess they're, I guess now that you'd say it, like now's as good time as ever. So the quote is actually attributed to Les Brown. It says the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here that you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take that first step, keep with the problem or determined to carry out their dream. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be one of the people buried in the graveyard with most of my dreams and goals and good ideas buried with me. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I'm thinking about, um, a couple of things. One is we, we haven't listened to it as much lately, but we used to love as a family listening to this podcast called how I built this. If you've never listened to it, but it was always so fascinating to me. The podcast host, he, he would interview owners of big, of big companies, like companies that you'd recognize like Southwest airlines, Tom shoes, Airbnb. And he would, he would always ask them to tell their story basically of how they built their companies. And I loved, loved hearing all of the little details that, that went into it. Like I remember like Southwest airlines, for example, it, it started like with two guys at, at lunch or dinner and an idea on a napkin. And then it grew into like this huge thing, but there was like, he talked about how the other airlines in Texas like despised him and hated him. And I can't, it's been too long since I listened to it, but basically how they were doing everything in their power to, to put him out of business. And so he art one way they decided to work around this is they were going to give away free um, alcohol on the flights. And that's how they decided like, we're going to attract clients by giving away or attract um, passengers by giving away free alcohol on these flights. And that like pulled them out of this tailspin that they were in. And I just love hearing Airbnb has had this other one where cool story where they were, they needed money. They had no money. So they started selling cereal boxes, I think, yeah. like limited edition cereal, cereal boxes. It was a year of an election. So they had both of the, um, <laughs> both of the candidates on cereal boxes. And so they sold limited edition cereal boxes or something. It's so to ins- keep Airbnb going. Yes. It's so inspiring to hear like, Oh, even these massive, like profitable, like well-known companies, everyone starts somewhere and have, you have to figure it out, but they start. Mm-hmm. And they just start with a commitment. If we're going to do this, we're going to figure it out. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't really care how it's going to happen. We're just going to make it happen. And they could have never envisioned that or planned for like, like they, <laughs> Airbnb wasn't like, okay, if things get really tough, I think we'll do limited edition cereal boxes, you know, and that'll save us. That's going to be the thing. Yeah. Okay. I think we should talk about going back to the beginning where I said, I found all of your business cards. I was telling Chris, okay, let's try and we're not going to be able to remember everything, but let's try and recall like our last 17 years, <laughs> <laughs> the things, the things that you have done. Oh, man. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. When we first got married, 
Oh, actually, let's start before we got married. You didn't have necessarily business cards with us, but you sold mattresses when we were dating. Yep. That's how I bought it. Bought the our wedding <laughs> ring and like maybe the down payment, like deposit for our apartment. I sold mattresses. The other way you paid for my wedding wedding ring is you did a study, like one of those human studies. Yeah, did <laughs> did a medical study, sold mattresses. Uh, me and a me and a friend Nick, we started doing tile together, laying tile. I had our own little tile business. And then after we got married, I did commercial real estate. That was that was my. For a while there, my biggest stint by far, did commercial real estate for five years. Um, but even then you had... I like, had a landscaping company on the side. But even real estate, you had three or four different businesses. Like you started just like general commercial real estate and then you niched into um, dental commercial real estate. So you went to a new company and then you... Did a little bit of residential. Yeah. Um, then I became a financial advisor. I sold life insurance, sold some health insurance. Three new business cards for those things. I uh, sold a few dental practices. Another business card. Yep. I. Oh, what about that dental insurance thing? Oh, yeah. Started yeah. a dental insurance company. Sold anti-aging products. <laughs> sold uh, nutritional supplements. I sold stained glass. Sold, uh, stole, sold stained glass windows for a um, stained glass window company. Had a business card for them. That was more um, fun. Like, hey, come sell. I need you to work on this relationship. Owned, uh, had some small ownership in uh, acai bowl stores for a little while. Oh, and what about like the tent, the shade sale tension thing? Yep, sold some shade sales. I don't know. We're probably that's, that's about half of them, but that's <laughs> enough for you guys. You guys probably don't care about all this. <laughs> it's but I, funny. I, I would say I've never been afraid to start, and I've definitely. This has helped me more than it's hurt me. It's certainly hurt me at times, but if I believed in it, I was never afraid to go just start selling it, like build a parachute on the way down, like, like, like fire, 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 ready, aim, you know, like aim, ready, fire. Like I've always just done the opposite of that. And, it, and there was times though, along the way I questioned it big time, like, what am I doing? And like, why do I keep starting? Maybe I should just go get a job and stick something with something. And now when I look at what I do now and the, the experiences and hopefully wisdom and value I'm able to bring to companies. It's like, I would have never, like, I feel like I've had multiple lifetimes worth of careers and experiences and businesses that really has led me to where I'm at now. Across multiple industries, multiple types of people. And you just turned 40. It really is amazing. Like, I feel like sometimes we'll be talking to people and you'll be like, oh yeah, actually this happened when we were in Hawaii. Someone was selling dental practices. And I was like, oh yeah, Chris used to do that. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> I don't know anyone that's done that before. I'm like, yeah, Chris, he sold a couple. <laughs> he was like a broker basically for this transition, practice transition. But you know, it's, you have had so much varied experience. And I will say that it also brings me to a point of you got to start. And, and when you find that thing though, that is, is, is working and it calls to you, you also got to stick with it. And so there's been some things that I started and didn't pursue because either it didn't work or it didn't align with me. And there were some, I just, just didn't give it the time and attention that it deserved. And so I, that to me though, don't, don't not start something because you're worried about not sticking with it. Like you got to start first and foremost, and then also have this commitment to like build it and see it through. 
I remember there was a point in time where you had a real intention because you had done so many things that it came to a point where it's like, no, I'm going to stick with this thing for a long time. When was the first time you did that? Was that your business now, would you say? Yeah, I would say the first time it was the Campfire Effect, the consulting business that I have now. And it was just, it was just like, I want to be known for something. Like I want to, I want to really build something of significance and really drive it deep. And I don't know where it'll end up. Like it might end up just with that and continuing to grow a consulting company or it might spread into other things. And so, and, and I read this book at the time called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And and the core idea in this book is, are you an inch deep and a mile wide, like just spread thin, chasing everything and chasing opportunities and shiny object syndrome? Or are you an inch deep or an inch wide and a mile deep? And I realized that I was an inch deep and a mile wide, just chasing lots of things and probably starting too many things. And I, I was like, I want to commit to being an inch, an inch wide and a mile deep and really go all in and be fully committed. Because to me, I realized the confronting thing for me wasn't starting. Like I've gotten to a place where it was pretty easy to start and take mm-hmm. the leap. The confronting thing was, do you have the discipline to like see it through and really build something instead of chasing things all the time? Yeah. And you've, I feel like I'm always amazed by like what you've been able to do, like staying with, staying with campfire and it's been super hard, especially at the beginning where it's like, you're putting, you're putting your entire self out there, like for, for people to, to judge or, you know, to buy from. And it's like super, super confronting. Yeah. That's what I realized about the campfire effect in my consulting business. And maybe your business is similar that you're thinking about starting or that you have. It wasn't like I was out selling insurance and representing like carriers or wasn't selling financial planning, but there was like different companies behind me. I was selling me. Like I'd created my own methodology, my own ideas, my own philosophies, kind of invented my own industry. And it was really confronting. Because if they didn't want to work with me or, if, or like if my product wasn't a fit, it was like the product. But this was like, it was, it was me. Mm-hmm. And, and sure, I've, I've had inspiration from lots of, I, I'm not at all trying to say I came up with all of it on my own because no one does, but they were all my ideas and it was my own framework and my own philosophies. And that to me was confronting, but it was also really challenging but also, but I was, I was excited by the challenge of, can I really take my ideas and like my body of work and build something with it? What would you say got you through? Cause I know there was times where I'm sure you questioned like, what am I doing? Like, oh yeah. Like there's times where I remember when we first started the campfire fact, we were buying groceries on credit cards some month, some, yeah, some months. And, and our, I remember we were renting the house that we would eventually build and remodel and we love that house and the landlord our landlords were so awesome and there was months where melissa would have to be like hey can i pay rent like a few days late or a week late and they were always super understanding so yeah it was it was not and there were so many days where i was like why don't i go get a job and there was ideas days where i secretly hoped that melissa would just tell me to go get a job so that i could be like okay melissa's making me (laughs) you know even though i didn't really want to it would have been easier to justify it though Mm -hmm. And that was about the time, talking about family brand, that was when we had just started kind of thinking about some of our family values. And we had started thinking about some of our kind of stories of our ancestors. And I had come across the story of Christopher Layton, who himself was a serial entrepreneur, like in a very successful one. And I just read his story and I read about how much of a creator he was and how how he wasn't afraid to take risks and go for it. And he 
And I started saying like, uh, I started telling myself every day, like I'm a powerful creator. Like I can create what I want. I can create the life that I want, you know, and create the life our family wants. And so I thought about him a lot actually. And so I think it was like a huge part of what had me stick with it was just my identity of like what I was saying to myself about myself and what I believed about myself. And I think at that time I believed more in myself and my abilities than I ever had. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence to just like stick with it. And I, and although it was hard and although there was times I questioned, like maybe I should go get a job truly though, but what had me stick with it, I was like, no, but like, I know I can be successful. I know that I can build something of significance. And I think what gave me that confidence was all the failures. It was all the struggles and the challenges. And look, there was people all along the way that would come like friends of mine. They'd be like, dude, are you okay? Like they were like concerned for me because I was trying so many things and nothing was working. And I know a lot of family was probably losing faith in me, but I just believed like that there was something that I could do. And I'll say Melissa's belief in me, like your belief in me was, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. I would have never probably stuck with it without you believing so much in me, which to this day, sometimes I'm still like, you were so foolish to believe in me (laughs) that much. (laughs) You severely (laughs) overestimated my abilities, but that's amazing. It's amazing. The power of what a little belief from someone else can do for you, you know? And hopefully I've, I don't think I'm even close to repaying it, but it was interesting when Melissa wanted to then start investing in real estate and, and, and do family brand. I think I could see in her like, oh yeah, you can, you can totally do it. And you believed in yourself too. But I think that's a powerful thing when you have someone that believes in you. So would you say, thank you. And would you say, um, like a formula for anyone listening could be, would you tell them to find a story like in their history and use that as part of the affirmations or what would you, what would you say? Yeah, I would say I I would definitely find something you can draw upon. It could be a story of a family member, a story of a friend, like something you can draw upon. It's like, they did it. I can do it. And also draw upon your own stories because look, you've already done hard things in your life. You've already done things that you you didn't think you could, you could do and you did them or you faced challenges you didn't think you could overcome and you overcame them. So draw upon your past experiences that are powerful, that remind you of how powerful you are. And then, yeah, if you have someone in your history or even present day, that was for me, it's like, man, this guy's, this guy's my grandpa. He's like my great, 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 great grandfather, but his blood flows through my veins. I'm named after him. Like mm-hmm. if he could do it, I could do it, you know? And then I would say, find someone who believes in you and it may not be your spouse. It may not be your kids. It may not be your family. Like they might believe in you the least, you know? And maybe you do, but find someone that will speak possibility into you and just start (laughs) and start knowing that you can't foresee how it'll go. So you might as well start because you don't know how it's going to go anyways. Yeah. I love it. Is there anything else you would in conclusion say? Uh, The last thing I would say is I could have never imagined the impact that I would have on, on, on individuals and companies and the impact they would have on me. And and I guess the reason I say that is I truly believe there are people out there in the world that are waiting for my work. And there were people who were waiting. And if it wasn't me, maybe they wouldn't ever get help. And so there's people out there waiting for that. Whatever that thing is that you're going to take to the world, there's people waiting for it. So you might as well take it out there and give it to them. And it, I, it's so interesting. Like you said, everyone has their own their own wishes and dreams and and goals like maybe, maybe it's not, we've talked a lot about it in the light of like, maybe it's a business, but maybe it's like a piece of music that you love writing music. Maybe it's a piece of music that will change lives and hearts, or maybe it's 
you know, it could be any, any number of things, a charity or mm-hmm. a nonprofit, or it's, it's a career that you just want, or it's a leadership position in your company you want to be in. Yeah. What doesn't have to be a business. We've talked about that a lot. Cause that's my experience, but, or it's something around your health. Like you were like, I know I want this. Yeah. Start. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to the family brand podcast to say, thank you. We have something really awesome. We'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple. And we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you, it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life and in your family. One last thing. We feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.